Hi, this is Catherine Mary Stewart from The Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet, and Weekend at Bernie's. And you are listening to Retro Life for You. everybody welcome back to the podcast here retro life for you my name is chris adams hosting the show and as uh still travis is out on hiatus for a while hope to have him back soon but in the meantime we have a good treat for you guys today we have an interview with a actor by the name of patrick and i'm going to bring him on the screen here before i butcher his last name i'm sorry i meant to ask him before this but let me bring him in just to make sure uh i I meant to ask you this before I put you on hold. I said, man, I've seen two different pronunciations of your last name, and I want to get this right. Is it Laborto or Liberto? It's the third option, Laborto. 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 Okay, thank right. you very much. I'm sorry. Not Patrick a problem. Laberto, everybody. Been in a lot of great things. A lot of my childhood, well, one of my childhood favorites, Little House on the Prairie, for one. Uh, that's a big deal for me right there. I grew up watching that show, loved it. It's one of the best family shows I think they ever put on television. And uh, you've done a lot of things since then, but I want to kind of kick around from the beginning a little bit with you, if we can go that route first. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I noticed you were in a little, you were in a few things uh, to start off with. I mean, there were kind of some uncredited things, it looked like, and then a couple of small shows and such. There was, I believe, an uncredited scene in Blazing Saddles, I noticed. Yeah. What did, what did you do in Blazing? That is awesome. What did you do in Blazing Saddles? It, it, I mean, it, was, it was totally awesome. It was great to work on. I was there for about a month and a half at Warner's, you know, on Western Street where they did all this stuff for Rock Ridge. I was a kid at Rock Ridge, and I had about three scenes that were really, I thought, funny. Um, and they were funny. However, it's it's Blazing Saddles, so they're yes. cutting everything they can to keep all of the, you know, the classic stuff that, you know, that's in the movie. Um, and uh, I worked on it, and there was a scene where I, I, I volunteered to be sheriff in the church, and the town decides to elect me sheriff until my mom says that I have to, you know, I, I've got to come home because he's too young to be sheriff. Uh, there's a scene where uh, the the sheriff, uh, Cleavon Little, is going down the street and he's, you know, he's having that very hard, horrible first day. Everyone's calling him names and he comes across a bunch of kids beating me up and he says, you know, he shoes them away. And he goes, what's going on here? And I say, well, we're just playing. And he goes, well, what kind of game are you playing? And I say, we're playing Welcome the New Sheriff which is kind of fun. <laughs> and then another scene when the when the, the guys come in to rough everybody up in Rock Ridge, they they come up to me and they take my pet snake, which I had, and they tie it in a knot and hand it back to me. And I say, pal, what have they done to you? And so it was like these. they had these three scenes and then I was there throughout the whole shoot for Rock Ridge whenever the town was there. And, you know, just like in any other type of movie, you get cut out. But, you know, with Blazing Saddles, what I always hoped they would do is because it is such a classic movie to release, you know, a DVD or a, you know, or, or um, a, you know, a version of it where they have all of the deleted scenes and which would include mine. So, cause yeah, I've never seen it. Cool. Yeah. Yes. That'd be fun. And, and, and people do love that to go back and see a movie you watch with the, the deleted scenes edited back into it. And you realize yeah, why did you do that to begin with, you know, that right. I mean, great but again, thing. I mean, when you've got a movie like blazing saddles, there's so much going on. And so many great comedians, you know, it's like, of course, you know, a couple of jokes with a little kid while they're funny isn't, you know, it's not, it's not Gene Wilder. 
Right. Now that that the movie was hilarious growing up, the, the humor doesn't really translate today. I'm afraid too much. Uh, but oh, was, I think, it, I think it, was... it translates perfectly. I just think <laughs> not well, to laugh at it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what I mean. That's a, I'm, I'm I'm wording it incorrectly. You're right. It's nobody wants to laugh at it. Right. But if they're watching it at home alone, they're in tears. Well, I think one of the things about comedy in in general is anything can be made fun of anything as long as you're coming at it from the right from from a from a point of view where you're not you're not taking there there's always a way to make something funny I think yes yeah and and there's nothing wrong with that I mean humor makes the world go round in my opinion oh my gosh it makes humor you need humor I think humor sometimes can bring people together over issues that are very divisive and yes. you know when people can find the funny in it when they can realize you know maybe we've gone too far here on you know whatever side of the coin you're on uh you can laugh at it if you can laugh at yourself then there's hope that's the biggest thing right there i mean that's the best way to 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 break yourself into a group of people and be kind of accepted in a sense you know when you're new or you know just the new guy should we go talk to him or something you know but the new guy ends up being funny and they all like him you know they want to be around him more often or something uh when you're mad i mean you can be mad at your best friend or something right but then one of of you quote that movie line that you both know and it just yeah exactly a point point of communication where it's a you know it's a point that you guys both agree on right right and and you've been in much more stuff i mean i see a lot of tv shows you were uh, parts in uh, other than of course little house you had bit pieces in sarsky and hutch uh there was was shazam the tv series Right, that's, that's something I remember watching that as a kid, but I don't remember anything about it to be honest with you. It's been that long. Trapper John MD, I watched that on television when it was on. Uh, One of the few, it. proud and brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Love Boat, a couple episodes. I saw something that 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 stuck out to me before I get to the Little House. I want to bring it up real quick. Uh, I was asking a friend of mine. He's uh, my best friend from high school and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's always asking me. He'll call me up at, at any time and go, "Hey, what's the name of that movie that's got?" This guy and he did this and he did this, and I'm like, you know, I'll either spit it out or I'll be, I don't know. Right. So I asked him. I said, "Hey, I said, did you receive Prince of Bel Air?" He goes, "Yeah, man, Will Smith is great." <laughs> I said, no, not the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The Prince. Right. Of, I said, "You like Mark Harmon, don't you?" Well, yeah. I said, yeah, "It's a Mark Harmon movie." He goes, "I haven't heard of it." I said, "It was, it was a TV movie." He said, "Well, now I got to find it." Well, I don't know if it's available to view or anywhere or anything, maybe on Tubi or something. But exactly, I, I think maybe it is Tubi, but it's on one of those channels where you can pretty much pick it up or Amazon or something like that. Right. So I tell myself if he finds it, let me know. If I don't find it before he does, we're gonna we're gonna take a peek at it, see what it's like here soon. But I noticed about this movie, and I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more later. Uh, you were in this movie with uh, three other people <laughs> that just a year later you were in another movie with. How, right. I mean, how, how often does that come about, really? That you. That you that you think that you're in a movie or a show with somebody that you find yourselves just even a year or less later and you're all back in the same thing with a different scenario. Well, for that 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 was like a one off where yeah that was that's never really happened to me again. But it works exactly the way that you think it works. What happened was is that summer school, the movie that we all ended up doing later, was mm-hmm. a movie that was uh, bouncing around over at Paramount. And Amy Heckerling, who had directed um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, was looking to direct it. Um, at one point, it was going to star John Candy as Mr. Shoop. He passed away. And then uh, apparently Carl Reiner, who had a deal with Paramount, um, 
got his choice of scripts and he chose summer school, which kind of then left Amy Heckerling out of the, the loop of this movie. And then they found Mark Harmon to star in the movie. And then Mark had done Prince of Bel-Air with myself, Kirsty, and Dean Cameron. Dean Cameron had also worked with Amy Heckerling on a TV version of Fast Times called Fast Times. Mm -hmm. And so he was aware of the project. So he wanted to be in the project. I wasn't aware of the project, but Mark Harmon was aware of me having done Prince of Bel-Air with me. They brought me in to read for uh, Larry the Stripper, the dancer who sings the whole movie. Um, and part of the audition was, you know, dancing and doing, you know, the, the, the strip tease type of dance. And I did my strip tease type of dance for them. And they said, this is fantastic. You'll be great for the football player. (laughs) (laughs) And and they were right. I can't dance. Um, (laughs) and Mark obviously thoroughly enjoyed working with Kirsty and Kirsty's so freaking funny and wonderful um, that they kind of just sort of, it all worked out. I have no idea of how much Mark pulled for all of us to be in it, but knowing Mark, I would I would imagine that a lot of it came from him, that he enjoyed working with myself and Kirsty and, and Dean, and he liked how they all worked together. Not to mention how amazing Dean is in the movie. Dean's just hysterical. Oh, gosh. I, I've got so much to say in, in a couple yeah. of minutes. I, I just recently rewatched Ski School to refamiliarize myself. Uh-huh. I, I had seen it when it came out, but it had been a while since I've watched it. That movie is so funny, man. Yeah. It, is, it is so much. Uh, just to, but go ahead and just to jump back a little bit, so I don't get too far ahead of myself. Uh, what brought you to Little House to uh, to audition for that? That was a straight up, can't believe it happened audition. Uh, I was a big fan of Little House on the Prairie. I watched it on TV. There weren't that many shows for kids back in those days. There was no Disney Channel. Yeah. There was no anything. It was kind of a Walton's Little House and maybe an adventure show. I know The Incredible Hulk came later. Um, And so I was watching Little House. I watched it on a Wednesday. I I got out of school on Thursday. And when my brother, my brother is also an actor. He played, he ended up playing Albert on Little House. When my mom would pick us up after school, she would tell us whether or not we had any auditions. And sometimes we'd have commercial auditions. Sometimes we'd have you know, other auditions that happen to ha- that have to happen that day. And so I got picked up Thursday. Mom picked me up. Uh, Dad was picking up my brother. And I said, what's going on? She goes, well, you got an audition for a little house. And so we went to Paramount. I auditioned at Paramount Studios for the part. They said, we'd like you to read for Michael Landon, but he's on location in Simi Valley, which is about an hour and a half from Paramount. So they drove us out to Simi Valley. I auditioned for Michael. He hired me on the spot. And again, I'm not saying because I'm such a great actor, just sort of like I, I fit the look. I did all the different, you know, whatever it is that, you know, gets you apart in, right. in Hollywood. And so I got hired and I started work on Friday morning at 730. So I watched the show as a fan on Wednesday. I auditioned on Thursday and by Friday I'm on the show. And I had no idea that I was going to be a regular on the show. I had no idea that I was coming back. I thought it was just that one episode. I think you did 44 episodes total, I believe, didn't you? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, we did. I did I did a number of episodes as Andy Garvey. And the only other connection was, and probably maybe one of the reasons why I got it, was my brother had been on the show the previous season as Michael Landon as a young child, as Charles as a child in a flashback. I remember that. And so, I, you know, in, in the town still to this day, 
working with children, you're kind of working with their families because the, the family has to be there. And, you know, my family was a professional family. My Michael got along well with my brother. And so I think perhaps it was one of those issues where he says, well, look, you know, Patrick's a good actor. I, I know his brother, so let's hire him. And then a year after I joined, he wrote the part for my brother uh, for the part of Albert. And then we I were on the show together. And it was just. I was about a, to ask you that very question who came first, you or him? I thought it was you, but I wasn't positive. Oh, his role was first? Well, his role as as the young Michael Landon was first. So he well, was, I mean, as far as uh, him playing Albert Ingalls, when you being oh, uh, then it would be Andy first, and then Albert, because okay. Albert came about when we moved to uh, the big city, and we found yeah. him living under the porch. That's right. I could, I just could not remember to save my life. I remember Merlin Olson being on the show. Right. I just can't. I couldn't remember if it was the the whole family at the time, or if it was just Merlin Olson. What had happened was is that they had had um, Victor French, who played Mr. Uh, Mr. Edwards. Thank you, Mr. Edwards, and he had left to do Carter Country. He wanted to do his own show, and so they mm -hmm. needed a fam. They needed another family and another guy that Charles could work with, and that's where they came up with the Garveys. Yeah, and 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 that was a, a good fit, I thought too. To be honest with you. But I thought Merlin, really Merlin Olson was great on the show. I mean, and the, the family Olson was great, and he and he had that same type of situation Michael did that he he loved working with Dan Blocker, who played Hoss on Bonanza, who was also a, a big guy. And there's you know a classic you know in Hollywood there's the classic big guy little guy, yeah. you know what was it David Spade and um, it's Farley, it's Farley, and yeah. you know and I would say and I use those as an example because. The comedy that Michael did with him and Merlin was very similar to that, you know, big guy, little guy. Michael mm -hmm. is a huge star, and he's the, you know, the lead of the show. He's the writer, the director, and everything. But, you know, stature-wise, he's just a small guy compared to Merlin. And, and, and especially if there ever was a fight to break out. He, he's, right. he's, he, he was too proud to back down from a fight. He's going to get into right. it. But, you know, he didn't want the big friend to take, you know, to join in with him. But uh, when it came time and he got beat up, the big friend stepped in, <laughs> took care of business. Yeah, exactly. And who who better to have than Merlin Olson, man? One right. fourth of the fearsome foursome. I tell you, that was that, that was amazing itself. Him being on the show, just remembering that and everything. That was a. Uh, I, I could never make up my mind him his character uh, or Mister Edwards' character. I I did. I kind of wished you know they had kept on had them both on at the same time throughout the whole show. Although that would be awesome. Me too. Be you know, I I but, I was bummed that I had to leave the show just because I loved doing it so much and because there's so much of it was happening with my family. You know, the, I got to stay basically on the set because my brother was always mm -hmm. there, so I'd go to the set all the time. But yeah, they moved us off so Merlin could do Father Murphy. They wanted to spin him off into his own show. Well, see, and I was going to ask you what prompted you to leave. I know that Merlin Olson went on for that, and I believe that was in the show after in the show where was, was it a fire that caused uh, the death of your character's mom? And exactly, the blind school okay, so caught fire after Albert was smoking in the basement. So my brother killed my mother on the shame show. On him. I mean, he's yeah, got exactly. some nerve, I tell you. Uh, You're right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, and I remember Father Murphy as well. I, I just I didn't know that if it was a spinoff because i mean if, if he left just because he wanted to spin off or if they just wrote the family off the show eventually to go a different direction um it yeah, happens a, a lot with stuff like that. i know that we had done uh, on little house we had done what's called a backdoor pilot where we did an episode of little house that could have been spun off into our own show about merlin 
and Jonathan Garvey, the character from Little House, and Andy move to like Sleepy Eye, start a freight business where he also becomes the sheriff. So it would have been a show about Merlin being the sheriff of Sleepy Eye and having a freight business. I, um, see, and then I think decided, that would have taken off. I think that would have been great. I thought it was like, a great idea, but I think what happened was is that Michael then came up with the idea of like this, you know, big huge guy instead of being a sheriff, being a a, a preacher, which is you know is a pretty solid, pretty solid idea as well. And that's where Father Murphy came from, and you got yeah. a lot more kids in that. True. And of that's course, true. I couldn't be on the show because it would be then too confusing. Everybody would definitely think it's you know you guys from the show being right. different, you know. I can see how that would be confusing and everything as well. Uh, on the show itself, I mean, who did you get along with the most? I mean, I know your brother was on there. Uh, to me, sure. if I had if if I had my brother or sister on the show with me, I'd, I'd be fighting more than I would acting probably. But uh, <laughs> other than your brother being on the show, who did you like working with the most? And who was your favorite? Um, Alice who played Nell is always entertaining. She's nonstop fun. Melissa mm -hmm. is the most maternal person I've ever met. She was really sweet to work with. Um, I was really impressed working with Michael Landon, watching all of what he was able to do. He directed, produced, and he wrote all most of the episodes on a yellow pad um, just whenever we were on break or when he was being driven to the set or being driven home. Most actors, when they have a driver, they're doing it because they're big movie stars. The reason Michael was being driven because he was writing the next episode and he would be driven in a station wagon and he'd be sitting in the front seat it's not like there was a limo or anything like that it was just sort of like right he just needed to ride home um probably allison she was the one that i had the most fun with you know joking around I, very i mean she was very entertaining i mean everybody and she's the one on tv that you love to hate the most Oh, absolutely. You, she you don't really, that. you don't really, you don't really hate her, but I mean, it's like you want to like her, but gosh, she is so annoying. And she I, is a classic I had, villain. I had read about her that she said that she she really relished that, and she would take it on stage and do comedy acts sometimes, and uh, and other things that she had done throughout her career. She would always bring that up, and I forget she had, I think she even wrote a book. Um, she wrote a great book and she has a great show on uh, Facebook where she interviews people like myself and other actors that she's worked with and and just other people of interest that are very fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Landon. I mean, he I mean, to to work with him, imagine like you, you you've mentioned him already that that had to be such a, a great thing. If you're really if you're a family kind of person, family oriented and love that kind of uh, shows and everything. I mean, to be on something like Bonanza, uh, and then go on to do some other things he's done, Little House, and then done Highway to Heaven. He always had something good and wholesome on television, it seemed like to me. I remember sitting down and watching Highway yeah. to Heaven with my grandmother all the time, as well as you know Little House on the Prairie and Little House on the Prairie with my mom when I was young growing up. We all love these shows. And you got some people out there who are like, I know he had nothing to do with the Waltons, but I mean, you, you're either, it's like you were either a Little House on the Prairie fan or you were a Waltons person, you know, and they're two right. totally different time frames, so two different, yeah. you know, eras, basically, but the same kind of feel to it. Uh, did you ever get into the Waltons in any way, being that you were uh, such a fan of Little House and played on Little House? Did you ever get into watching that or anything you similar know, to it, that? Did you like I never saw the show. I think maybe I saw the first 
the Waltons started with, I think, a big two-hour movie, a big television movie back in the day. I think I saw that, but I never did watch the the, the series itself. And then once I got on Little House, I kind of felt, you know, very <laughs> tribal. I kind of felt like, well, you know, we're against each other. Um, I'm not going to watch the Waltons just, you know, for Team, team Little House. And so I, yeah. I still have it. I have nothing against it. I probably, you know, but it's at, at this point, no, I, I haven't seen it. I've seen three or four episodes myself. I was always, like I said, I was always a Little House fan, and I didn't really take to the Waltons very well. I had some friends that did, and it's just a whole different situation and scenario in my eyes, so I couldn't get yeah. into it too much. Um, I, 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 when I was looking through your uh, IMDb and everything, I noticed from 81 to what, 81 to 86, I didn't really see anything on there. Did you take a break for a while? Uh, yeah, not not any other reason that I just didn't get any work. It was also a period of time where I was kind of growing literally mm-hmm. physically just you know aging and i think it was a transition period between being a kid to being a teenager because when i when i came back um it was just in in teen movies uh, you know the movies that i had done but it was basically you know trying to figure out what you know the product was going to be now because as a young actor as a child actor you're a product every actor's a product and you got to figure out what what you're what you're selling and in those years, I don't think I was really, you know, either a kid or a, a teenager yet. Kind of hard to find work for the, I guess, the in-between, basically. You know, there's not really... Not yeah, I mean, and, and again, it, the tween area, now they have the Disney Channel. Where there's a lot of work for tweens and, and literally for that type of age group. And the other thing, too, is sometimes you just don't get jobs. You know, yeah. a lot of actors yeah. will frame it like, you know, I took a break. It's like, well, no, you just didn't get any work. And that's part <laughs> of it. You just didn't get any work. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you, you got to love the honesty, though. I mean, hey, I mean, if it's not there, it's not there. If you didn't get it, you didn't get it. There's always more. And yeah. you, know, you move on to the next one. I auditioned and- for a lot of stuff. I auditioned for it was down between me and Johnny Depp and a couple other guys for uh, 21 Jump Street, uh, for Iron I- Eagle, for... Just a bunch of stuff that obviously I didn't get. Other people got still I, auditioning. I do but, remember you know, seeing you in Jump Street for an episode, though. I do remember that. Uh, that did, is true. I did end up doing you, an episode um, later on. I think it was uh, you you had gone AWOL from a military school or something along those lines. They had to go bring you back. Exactly. or Yeah. yeah was, it, here recently, I just made a move from Florida back to Tennessee where I've grown up at. And I had a transition period where I wasn't at work yet. And. Staying at my niece's house, they had uh, this channel that played on there all day long. There's nothing but 21 Jump Street all day long on this channel. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I haven't seen this in so long. I'm going to binge some of this. So you know, just a few weeks ago, basically, I saw you on 21 Jump Street. And I'm like, I, I, Andy Garvey, uh-huh, right That's there. <laughs> a little bit a little bit older, a little <laughs> bit different. You know, he's, he's a rebel now, but, I mean, you know. And my first, um, my first military role, a kid from the army who deserts from basic. Uh, you said you'd have maybe up for Iron Eagle. Was it the role Jason Gedrick ended up getting, or one of the other? Yeah, uh-huh. uh, absolutely. Yeah, I read for yeah. the Jason Gedrick role. Um, and again, I could list off a ton of '80s movies that I auditioned for that I didn't get um, because that's what you—that's what it was. You just everyone auditioned yeah. for the same stuff. Yeah, you hear, um, you hear and, a lot of that when you talk to people. They'll they'll be like, "I almost got this. I was one step away from getting that." Uh, 
it was between mm. me and her, but they went with her because she was just a little bit better for the role. And, you know, I mean, that's that's what it is. It's like anything else, I guess. If you go sure. you know, apply for any of the jobs, someone may think they're a better fit for that other job than what you may have been. And last day, they thank you for coming in. You go to the next one. Um, oh, yeah, but- absolutely. I auditioned my brother and I auditioned for Bontet. I auditioned for the Goonies. I auditioned for Camp I Me Love. I auditioned. There's just, you know, if it was in the right age area, Thankfully, I had a good agent and, you know, I had a I had the, a, a enough of a look where you know, <laughs> I say enough of a look. I had hair. I had really good hair. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was about the right height. And, you know, my brother auditioned for Back to the Future. Um, I'm friends with both of the girls that play Jennifer as far as Melora Hardin and um, uh, Claudia Wells. And, you know, we I helped those girls with their auditions. And it was just a, at that period of time, nowadays, it was much smaller, a much smaller group of actors because there is no internet. Now you can interview for a lot of different things from almost anywhere. And so the, the amount of people auditioning and the amount of people in the, you know, in the talent pool has grown a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to be an actor or actress these days when you talk to them. Yeah. I'm an aspiring actress. I'm going to be big. Or, um, yeah, I'm going to be on, or, or, or they're going to be sports, you know, icons. You know, they're going to be an actor. Or they're going to be a, a football player or an NBA star at this point. Those are really hard, hard to come by. Yeah, when you talk about things like that, and to make and to make sure you're going to become an actor and actress takes a lot of hard work, and it's never guaranteed. Um, no, that's absolutely true for everybody. But you know, YouTube's proven. You know, people can become famous from you know, Gosh, from very yes. unconventional areas and find a lot of great talent. Do you know, several years ago, the biggest moneymaker, well, it was this uh, PewDiePie guy, they called him, I believe, PewDiePie. Right. Kids uh-huh. loved him. But as far as uh, moneymakers one year, uh, the second or third highest money earner on YouTube was a 10-year-old kid, and all he did was open up uh, toys. He unboxed toys and played with them. <laughs> That was it. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking at the time, I'm like 45 probably at the time. I'm like, hey, I, I'll unbox toys and play with them. I'll do it. Give me some G.I. Joes or something. I'm good. I'll do that. Right. But uh, I, don't think it, I don't think it was set well. Uh, well, but, but I mean, even him? like on an acting level, the guy who played Han Solo, Aaron Hernwade, uh, um, oh, who's the guy that played in Han Solo for uh, – um, a Star Wars story, so a Star Wars story. Oh, the solo movie. Yeah, he 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 Off did the a top great. Of my head, I can't think of it. Yeah, I and he, he was discovered on YouTube because he had put up a YouTube video of him doing his Harrison Ford impersonation, which then led to him being in um, another movie called, I think, Adele or Adele uh, Adelaide Adelaide, where he played a young version of Harrison Ford, and then they auditioned him for Han Solo, and he came from YouTube. Justin That's Bieber awesome. came from YouTube. You know, there's there's a lot of new areas where you can be discovered because of YouTube. Um, and again, it's just another it's another way in and it opens well, and up the possibilities. And then there's YouTube specific shows that kids love to watch these days. I mean, it's yeah. it's only for YouTube that they produce it on. So, I mean, I, I can see where that would be a good stepping stone. Definitely help out. Uh, but a lot of kids, I mean, everybody wants a YouTube channel. And here I am saying it and this is going to go on YouTube later. Right. Uh, it, it initially started out just to be a podcast only. We were four episodes deep, and my co-host was like, "Why don't we put this on YouTube as well?" 
There's this great place called StreamYard where you can go through that does video and audio. It uh, does good audio work as far as the sound and everything goes, and it's got different things you can use for transitions and such if you want in backgrounds. So we gave it a shot, and we kind of liked it. And we said, well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, no one watches the video. Well, big deal. Uh, right. it, this is for fun, you know, and we love doing this. And if it takes off, awesome. If it doesn't, hey, I still had a blast. I'm gonna have, I have a blast every show I do and everything. It's really fun for me. And that's the way it should be. You, know, you got to do it for that reason. You should. I mean, if you do it with other expectations, you know, it, it bogs you down. You try too hard, I think, and uh, it just becomes it, it becomes a disappointment to you sometimes. You don't, and then you don't want to do it, and that just ruined all the fun of it. So I, I can, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that just I, I'm, I'm taking it every step I go is the next fun thing I get to do. And if I get to talk to people like yourself, that's great. Uh, I had um, um, Catherine Mary Stewart was our first interview. Um, and I oh, love wow. the last Starfighter. The last Starfighter was like one of my favorite '80s movies, and to have her uh-huh. on was awesome. You know, just like I'm telling yeah. you, I love Little House and having you on here. Well, between Little House and Jag, it's two series that I watched a ton of. Oh, uh, thanks, Jag man. more recently, obviously, but I mean, Little House growing up. Uh, but you know, we're you know talking about getting into the movies. Uh, you had quite a few good, fun movies you were in too. We, we touched on Summer School earlier with Dean Cameron and Mark Harmon and Kirstie Alley. That mm-hmm. was such a fun movie to watch. And I, I never really pictured Mark Harmon as a comedy kind of guy, really. I mean, but then again, right. I don't think he'd been in a, he hadn't really been in a whole lot at that point by summer school, had he? Not, not a lot that I remember. It was on a TV okay. show called Chicago Hope, which, uh, pardon the gardener. Um, he was on a TV show called Chicago Hope where he played a, I think it was Chicago Hope. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And uh, that's that's where he kind of became a star. He also was in a show called 240 Robert. And he was like that. Yeah, he was exactly. The Deliberate Stranger also, he was nominated for an Emmy for playing Ted Bundy. So he was like absolutely the hunky lead character. And I thought it was very smart of him to to take on uh, the character of uh, not only uh, Robin Prince and Prince of Bel-Air, which was a more romantic leading man, romance comedy, and then a straight mm-hmm. up kind of comedy in summer school. And I, I mean, look at him. He's got a very, he's very good at comedy. He knows how to be comedic. And I wish he'd yeah. do more of it on, you know, CIS. It's like, dude, smile once. <laughs> he, he had a good timing for things. And when, when they did do the comedic stuff on NCIS that involved his character, it was always that great subtle humor, you know? Right. Uh, like you know, he's he's sneaking up behind the Denozo character before he knows he's there. He's talking about him. He's like, he's right behind me, isn't he? You know, <laughs> then he gets the infamous, you know, slap to the back of the head, and he gives everybody, you know, the gib slap. Um, but yeah, I mean, he yeah, he could have done a lot more too. But he did do some other great movies after this and everything too, though. But uh, between, I, I can't make up my mind, dude. Uh, between uh, summer school and and ski school, I mean, they're both such funny movies. <laughs> I, I think ski school had more laugh out loud humor to it uh and summer school was funny in a lot of parts but it also was kind of um oh what's the word not dramatic it had a, kind of like a good feel to it because you know you know the, the, the kids are even though they didn't really win in the end they didn't all pass right they all you know did better and they improved right. greatly so it did help save his job all of their characters had character growth Right, exactly, and then he then works out with Kirstie Alley forming in for that one as well. So, uh, it's they're both great movies in their own. But I mean, when when it comes to the two, I have to give the laugh out loud definitely to Ski School. 
uh, just the, the antics alone in it were hilarious. And uh, I, I I could not remember where it was. I had heard this, and we would say this all the time, me and my buddy. But um, referencing Labada, that's the forbidden dance. <laughs> you know, we would always reference that. And I, could, I, I couldn't remember saving my life where it was from. And he couldn't either because it had been that long since we'd seen it. And I saw it today, and I called him right away and said, dude, I know where this is from now. I know where this is from. So, pretty good time with that. Uh, is there anything that you wish that you had gotten that, um, I mean, was there anything that you really had your mind set on you wanted? Mm-hmm. Like I said, you did some good things. You were in summer school, ski school. You're in the you're the part, you're in Heather's. Um uh, uh, I, and I did not, I can't believe I didn't catch this when I first watched it in The Three Ninjas. How I did not figure out that was you when I watched it is beyond me. But, um, well, because uh, I'm doing like, you know, a surfer voice, totally. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, like and, and, the, and, and the look kind of still kind of threw me off a little bit. I wasn't thinking about yeah. it. And, but I went back and I saw it and I was like, that was not, and I was like, wait, that was him. That is <laughs> hilarious. But was there anything that you ever really had your heart set on you wanted to get that you just didn't quite get movie-wise um, that you wanted for? Movie-wise, Heather's was something that I, I absolutely totally wanted and luckily was able to get in. Um, mm-hmm. Bill and Ted I really thought was hysterical. <laughs> um, I don't think myself and my brother or myself and anyone else would have made it any better. I mean, obviously, it's perfect the way it is with Alex and Keanu. Um, but I was really excited by the script because it was a really good script. Um, on the TV side, I was really excited by uh, Jump Street. Uh, it was called 21 Church. <laughs> it's so stupid. It was called 21 <laughs> Church Street when I auditioned for it. And then they ended up changing it to Jump Street for whatever reason. But what had happened was is that they had cast another actor as uh, Tom Hansen. And it was a last minute audition where I read the script for the pilot and went down and auditioned for Stephen J. Cannell. And it was like myself. And like I said, there was a couple other guys, Johnny Depp, of course, and another couple of guys who read for it. And so what I was really excited by was because it was a recast, it had to happen quickly. A lot of these times, these processes are drug are, you know, they take forever. They're drug out forever. So mm-hmm. it was going to be a fast process to get an answer, yes or no. For unfortunately, you know, the answer was no. And I remember talking to my agent, and I and, they, and I said, "Well, what happened?" They go, "They cast a guy named Johnny Depp," and I go, "Johnny Depp? Never heard of this guy. Where? Where's what Johnny kind of name Depp? is that? Johnny right, Depp? Right? It's, like, it's a I hair mean, gel. What are you talking about?" Uh, and he goes, "Well, he was in uh, he was in um, one of the Freddy movies. He, I think he was in the Nightmare on Elm Street." It was in the first. And, you know, one, I looked. Yeah. There was no IMDb, so I'm like, going, okay, this Johnny Depp guy, and of course, you know, he's a huge star, and he did he, again. I don't know. I'm. I wouldn't have been any. I'm not going to be better than Johnny Depp in that in that role. But that was something that I really, really thought would have been really great because it was a great. It's a great. Star. I had a baby face. I still have a baby face, so it's like the kind of thing where the whole idea was, you know, a, an older guy, you know, going into high school, obviously, right, right. Um, and uh, pretty much everything else, yeah, you know, you want to be in everything that you audition for, but those were the, the couple that I was really that I, thought I was really excited for when I read the script. Everything else was like a great job. But mm-hmm. Bill and Ted, I thought, was a really interesting script. 
um, because at the time it was really fresh and new. Nowadays, with all the Bill and Ted type movies, they've kind of made it feel like it's a genre, but beforehand it was really fresh and unique. Yeah, and, and who's to say it wouldn't have taken off just the same if you had been in it? You know, it's, it's that's something you really can't tell. Uh, well, you know, I, I do think they probably wouldn't because those guys are so iconic. Excuse me, in those roles, that again, you're not. It's not going to be the same type of the same you know, type of thing. Who would have ever thought Keanu Reeves would have turned out as big as he did playing, you know, Ted? Honestly, right. I mean, playing Ted, he's kind of playing the role where you think. He, he looks like he's like the stoner musician who is just like, Bill, uh, it's like, <laughs> this is awesome, dude. This is like excellent. You know, it, 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 how far right. is that going to take a person, you know? And then he turns around and he gets speed. And then, right. you know, from speed, he just keeps going further along. He gets point break. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing movies in between probably, but I mean, you know, and from point break to say in The Matrix, in The Matrix to John Wick and all these things in between that he's done. I mean, that it, it could easily have been anybody else, yourself included. That yeah, but it that goes back have, to it goes back back off, where when, when we were doing the auditions for Heather's, the very last audition, I auditioned with uh, other Kurtz. I played Ram, and then the other character was a character named Kurt. And so there was a couple of guys that I read Kurt with. And uh, the, one of the guys I read Kurt with, uh, you know, got the role, and that's who got the part and, and did the movie with. One of the people that I read with was Brad Pitt, and he didn't get the part of Kurt. Oh. And it's like, but obviously he's Brad Pitt, so it's not like they, they pick the best actors or the most you know famous people. It's just sort of like what you get when you get what you're doing. It's you yeah, know. and maybe they have an idea of who they who they want to see in a role, the type of person right. they want to see in a role. It just might not work. I mean, to me, it's kind of like saying. Um, uh, Stallone doing comedy. You can't Stallone. I, I, I can't get into him doing comedy. I never could get into the stopper my mom will shoot or, you know, things like that. And I'm not a huge Schwarzenegger fan for comedy. However, I did laugh at Kindergarten Cop and Twins. So it's right. kind of, you know, it's iffy and what, who's doing what and everything. But still, uh, we, we, we talk sometimes about um, like recasting a show or a movie. Who would you rather see play this part or who could have played this part? Mm. And, you know, and they're, they're like, don't go the easy way out. Don't take the person that you heard had the role first or, you know, <laughs> like in Back to the Future where you had uh, Eric Stoltz had originally had the part for Marty McFly. Don't say right. I think Eric Stoltz could have played it because you know, he had to begin with. It just didn't work out. You can't use him. So it's like saying, you know, if, if that person had if if we had recast that person in that role, would they have? springboarded off into other things maybe not the same things those people did say for example right. you got the role of ted you might not have got the role of the matrix or something but it may have taken you down a different path to some other bigger things and everything yeah it's like a pinball game you never know where yeah. you're going to bounce to absolutely right. right um what are the kind of things that you're into these days as far as the types of that you like to watch for movies and everything uh, i know it seems like today we get a lot of superhero movies for them and i'm not mad at that but i mean we get a lot of the the marvel movies and the dc stuff coming out and your game of thrones type things and uh, but do you have something that you're particularly into yourself um i watch all of those movies i'm a big comic book collector so i, I see all of those films um i just saw the uh, nick cage uh, unbearable weight of massive talent which i thought was very funny um i binge a lot of stuff i binged 
the most unique thing that I've been binging, which I absolutely love, is a show called Bosch on Amazon Prime. It mm-hmm. stars Titus Williver as a L.A. police detective, and they shoot it in, or they did, it's over now, but they shoot it in Hollywood, and they use all of the locations of which I grew up in. It's like basically a TV show shot in my neighborhood, and unlike most television shows where everything is kind of decorated to kind of just be whatever it is in the script, the reverse mm-hmm. part of this in Bosch is the location is as important as what's going on in the show. So it, for whatever reason it, it hit my, you know, I really enjoy this spot. And so Bosch is something I'm watching a lot and the acting's really good. Um, I've been watching severance on Apple plus I was a big fan. I'm still, I'm a big fan of for all mankind on Apple plus. I just did an episode of that, but that had nothing to do with me being a fan. It was just, I, I happened to get a job. Um, What's other some other good stuff? I, I like hear a lot of I hear a lot of Stranger Things going around. People talking about that. I've actually watched the first season of it, but I haven't gotten past that yet. I like Stranger Things. I think that it's really. I mean, it's, a, it's certainly um, as a production person, as a person who's written stuff and and produced, it's a great show to watch. But with what they're able to do creatively, I think that's really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I basically I like, you know, I like projects that are kind of surprising in 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 what they're able to bring, uh, whether it's a visual style or whether it's you know a comedy. I like comedy a lot. Yeah, yeah comedy's always fun. Uh, I you mentioned uh, Amazon. The only thing I've seen on Amazon that I can think of is Reacher. I, I did watch the first season. <laughs> I, of that I like Reacher. That, Much that better version than the movies, even though I like the movies. But the movies, yeah. there's just, I mean, the guy is just so much bigger and he's yeah. so like wonderfully blunt. It's just, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to say he's funny, but I mean, there was a little bit of comedic time into oh, the absolutely. show in some parts where you just couldn't help but laugh. Uh, yeah, that, absolutely. So it, th- that was a fun show, and I hope I, I, I hope they continue to do that. There, I think there are twenty some odd books on Reacher that they could pick. Oh, they're definitely and, doing more Reacher. It was a big hit for them, and I think they're even in production now. But um, no, it, he, he. I think they they got a real big hit on their hands there. Yeah, and I noticed. Um, you know, you're talking about liking some of the, you know, the, all the Marvel movies and everything of that nature. You did some voiceovers for Spider-Man. You played a part mm-hmm. of Flash, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. I played Flash Thompson on the animated series that's from the 90s, which was a blast. Because, again, like I said, I'm a big comic book fan. Captain America and Spider-Man were my guys. And so I loved being a part of Spider-Man, which at the time, there was no movies. There was no anything. So kind of like we were the only representation. And I was just so happy to be a part of it and because we were really kind of the only deal stan lee was there and avi arad and all these guys that probably wouldn't be there now literally at the recording sessions and so it was just it was a very um blast to be a part of it Uh, spider-man was always one of my favorite cartoons as a kid growing up there was two variations i watched when i was young there was one i think it came out in 68 before i was born but they would repeat it a lot you know throughout the 70s and then in the early 80s on Saturday morning cartoons, you had Spider-Man and his amazing friends, which I really exactly. was watching. That was probably my favorite of the bunch. And then 
I like I said when I moved back to Tennessee, I'm staying in my niece's house, and her son loves watching Spider-Man. He's watching Spider-Man the animated series. There's actually I think there were two different versions. There was Spider-Man the animated series and another Spider-Man. Right, Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man. That's it. Yeah. He was watching both of those, and I was like, well, these aren't that bad after all. You know, it's actually. But so I, I sat there and watched a full day's worth of this stuff with him. I was, I, was, <laughs> I was surprised to see your name in the list playing Flash Thompson. I was like, well, I just got done watching that. That's that's hilarious. Um, but did you, uh, other than Spider-Man, I mean, is voiceover something you've done a lot of for cartoons or vi- maybe video games or anything? Or Mainly what I, I and I voiceover uh, in the 90s was a big thing for me. Right before I got the, the show JAG, I was doing a lot of voiceovers, but it was for announcers, for uh, commercials and for TV networks. So uh, if, if you remember, there was a network called the WB that I was the oh, announcer yeah. for their comedy shows. I would announce the, the comedy shows on the network. I was the voice of DiGiorno. You know, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. That was me. Um, I did another voiceover for another uh, cable network called FXM Movies from Fox, where I would announce mm-hmm. their films. And it was uh, more of that type of thing. I did Spider-Man, I did Godzilla. and I did a movie called um, Adventures in Dinosaur City, where these kids are like magically transported to like this Jim Henson world of dinosaurs and i played the good guy and the bad guy in that but but other than that it's it was mainly um voiceovers for announcers and for promos and stuff for television how would you compare voiceover acting to just regular acting i mean do you think it's tougher to do or is it pretty much a lot easier there's no pressure of the camera on you and everything well it's a lot i would say that it's a different it's 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 different in, in the way that like a train is different than a plane. They both get you somewhere, but they're completely different. The great thing about voiceover is you don't have to be camera ready, but at the same time, you have to get all of your acting out through your voice and you have to be able to communicate with just half of what you are. The visual is not a part of it. So you're, you're acting only with your voice, whereas with on camera, you, you can rely on, you know, looks or this or however to, you know, to express something. Um, I love the speed of voiceover. Uh, I love the fact that you can do a lot in a small period of time. Uh, the, the actual process to me is very comforting and comfortable. You're in a nice, quiet room. No matter how hot it is outside, they're usually very cool, very dark. It's really kind of nice. Um, working on camera on location, you're never really going to know where you're going to be. Um, and then the upside of being on camera, you know, there's all the upsides of, you know, you're recognized and uh, you get to do the full panel of acting with your face and with your body and dress up and play costume and do all those things. But um, for like just a regular job, I loved voiceover. Would love to do more. I, I, I just did another animated movie uh, last Thursday, but and I, and I do these things for um, I think it's HBO where they take these foreign films and foreign TV shows and then they um, translate them into English and then they play them on the foreign language, they play them in their foreign networks. So I've been doing a lot of that, and that's fun too. That's just where you'll go through and you'll loop the all the dialogue into English. And yeah, so again, you know, you get there, you do your work, you go home. There's no makeup, there's no waiting on cameras, there's no waiting on lighting, there's no, you know, it's just it's that much easier. 
Yeah, I, I always thought voiceover would have been the way to go if if it was something I'd been interested in. I, I'm not much for being in front of a camera. I don't. I mean, I know I'm on camera now, but I'm not much for being in front of a camera and doing any kind of acting or anything like that. I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. But a voiceover, I mean, I can talk all day long. That's not going to bother me. I mean, right, maybe, right. Learn, maybe learning to be like you're talking, though, how to express yourself through your voice and make sure you get to point across with your voice on what is supposed to be going on might be something I would have struggled with. I don't, I, I have no earthly idea, but I mean, that would well, have been something different, I would have It's different cool forms. Though. It's like, you know, in art, there's painting with oil paints, there's cartooning, there's drawing, there's pen and ink. It's the exact same idea where, well, you know, a podcast is different than, you know, a, a, an announcer for a television show is different than a commercial. And so you mm -hmm. just got to know different styles, but they're all, to me, they're all fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier uh, getting into JAG. I want to—I definitely want to touch on JAG here. And I got a, just a quick question on the show for you now. Yeah. I, when I when I first started watching it, I, you were in episode one, I believe, to start off with. Yep. Uh, was the and I, I can't remember right now. I can go back and look, but I mean, you're here now. So, were was your character in the first episode the same character that went on to play in the other seasons as well? Yeah, it, it absolutely was. Okay. Um. The deal with JAG was uh, JAG, I got hired as a guest star on the pilot. So the pilot was exactly what you're talking about. It had David James Elliott as Harm. It had Andrea Parker as uh, Lieutenant Pike. And then they had me as uh, Ensign, I think, Roberts. Uh, I was a PAO on the star, the Seahawk, the, the aircraft carrier where the crime happened. And yeah. so when we were doing the pilot, um, what was great about it for me as an actor is when you're cast in a TV show, you have many layers that you have to read for, and it's a very long process to get cast as a regular reoccurring character on a TV show because everyone has to sign off on you. Right. When you're a guest star, it's just the producers. The producers can go, oh, okay, I like this guy. He'll be in this episode, and he's never going to be coming back, so it doesn't matter. We don't need anybody's approval. And so my character was only in the pilot because the pilot was the only thing that had been written. And they really didn't see this character as being anything more than just the guy on the ship. However, the writer who wrote it and directed it and produced it is Don Belisario, who's this genius. And so he was directing the pilot that he had written and that he was producing. And my relationship with David and his relationship with Harm was so good that he kind of saw that there would be a really good character, there would be a really good relationship for Harm to have an assistant. And at the time, he asked me, "Hey, you know, can you or would you like to do this show?" And I said, "I'd absolutely like to do this show." However, during pilot season, which is a period in time in Hollywood where all everyone is shooting their pilots at the same time, meaning that they're all shooting an episode of an of a show that they hope to get on the air. And since everyone is shooting them at the same time, you have to lock people up at different contracts. And I was doing a TV show for Fox called The Last Frontier, which was basically Friends in Alaska, because everyone was doing like a Friends type of TV show. And right. the Fox version was, okay, a bunch of kids in Alaska. And so I was signed on to do, I had gotten that job, and I had also gotten this guest starring part on JAG. Because I was a guest star on JAG, but a regular on um, The Last Frontier, I told Don, I said, look, you know, I'm signed on to this TV show. 
unless you guys are able to get me away from that TV show, I'd much rather do your show, which was true. I did. Um, but he goes, no, we're not able to because of all these other contract issues because they only have the pilot. So when the pilot went and they were picked up at NBC um, from the first episode uh, of NBC for JAG, they loved David. They didn't like um, Andrea Parker for Colonel uh, Lieutenant Pike. So they replaced her with um, Tracy Needham, which was another character for JAG. Right. And then they immediately hired Andrea Parker for a show called The Pretender. So they loved her. They just didn't like her for Jag. Um, and so then Jag was on NBC for the first year. And then my show got canceled on Fox. And I got a call from Don Belisario saying, hey, kid, you want to be on a real TV show? <laughs> so I said, yeah. <laughs> and so he goes, okay, we're going to reintroduce your character on the last episode of the season Um on jag and so they had done i think like 23 episodes and so in the 24th episode i come on as lieutenant bud roberts again and it's going to be the type of thing where they introduce me and then i'm part of the show and so on my first day of shooting don gathered everyone around and i thought oh that's really nice he's gathering the whole crew around to announce that you know i'm joining the show and he gathers everyone around. He goes, come here, Patrick. And he you know, puts his arm around me and he goes, well, we're canceled. <laughs> and so <laughs> and it canceled JAG. And he goes, but don't worry. I'm going to uh, New York tonight. And uh, ABC uh, wants to put JAG on before football or after football, depending on what part of the country you're in. So they're offering us a deal to go to ABC. So I'm going to go to ABC and, and sign JAG up for ABC. So he flew to New York. And apparently when he landed, he got a call from Les Moonvies at CBS. And CBS said, don't go to ABC. We will buy the show right now in the car if you come here directly. And so Don went to CBS. And then that's how uh, uh, JAG ended up over on CBS. And then at CBS in that second season, that's when he got Don, who was forced to hire Tracy Needham, not anything having to do with Tracy. She's wonderful. She's a great actress. But it was a politics thing where Don doesn't like to be told what to do. And NBC told him that you got to get rid of Andrea Parker. And he didn't want to get rid of Andrea Parker. And then when they got rid of Andrea Parker and then hired her for another show, he was really pissed at them. So when he got to CBS, he wanted to retool the show and re kind of resituate it. So one of the guest stars on the last episode of, the, of that first season not only was myself, but another actor by the name of Catherine Bell. And she played the body of the week. She's the girl that gets killed in the very first episode or the very first scene. So he hired Catherine for uh, Major McKenzie, and then he found uh, John Jackson to be the K, or to be the Jag, and then he hired me to be Bud, and that's kind of where everybody kind of gelled in that second, in the first episode of the second season. And then from that point on, we were on CBS. It was that cast. And then we moved forward. But yeah, I played Bud Roberts, the pilot in the last episode of the first season, which then became, I think the 18th episode of the second season, because they never aired that pot. They never aired that last episode. So that became an episode called skeleton crew for another season of Jag. That's when, that's when that aired. But long story. <laughs> and, uh, you guys had a great uh, a great cast in there for a lot of years. I mean, it was very fun to watch. 
Uh, I did not watch it when it was on television. At that age, I was out running around everywhere anyway, so I wasn't home to watch TV very much. But I'm I'm glad I got the chance to pick up on it and watch it and uh, binge. I binge as much as I could. I'm a little bit upset. I I'm like, I, I am buying the entire series, okay? Because uh, I have you know like on you do get online these days, you get the Voodoo account where you can own your digital downloads and such. So. I'm going to go and pick up Jag from there if I can. If not, I'm going to find it on Amazon. I'm going to watch what I've missed because CBS <laughs> Paramount does not put every episode on. No, there. it's ridiculous. It's I, I cannot get over it. Can I tell so- you how upset I was on several episodes? I watched a part one and there was right. no part two to be found. It, it, I can't. <laughs> I, I'm, I believe you. Believe me. I am so frustrated as well. Because here we are, it's like Paramount Plus, you're supposed to have everything and you don't have everything. Mm-hmm. I produced, my wife and I created a show called See Dad Run, which aired on Nickelodeon, which is under Viacom, which is Paramount Plus. And if you go to Paramount Plus and type in See Dad Run, it'll take you to a page that says See Dad Run is streaming on Paramount Plus, but there are no episodes. <laughs> you cannot watch a single episode. It's got a picture of the cast. It's got an explanation. It doesn't have a play button, and it says it's streaming. So I don't know what is going on over there. Somebody's slacking on their work over there, I believe. We exactly. Need to, we need to write a letter or something. I don't know. I, because I want the rest of those episodes up there. One way or the other, I'm going to see them regardless. So I, I've missed out on a lot. Uh, I think <laughs> one season... One season, they may have three episodes or four episodes of the entire season on it. That's three or yeah, four. Yeah, we did 24 a year. It's ridiculous. I don't know what their problem is. And before they were Paramount Plus, they were called All Access, which was just the most laughable thing. Here you are. You own the show. It was on a show. It was on a network that you owned. It was made by Paramount for CBS. You own all of those people, and you're not showing all the episodes. I don't get it. And 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 I'm not the least bit jealous that you got to work with Catherine Bell either. That's uh, I'm not the least bit at all jealous that it wasn't me and it was it was you instead. Uh, yeah, she's a sweetheart. <laughs> she, she's as pretty as you think she is, and like even in person, it's like not a flaw on her. Yeah, she seems like a really nice person. I uh, haven't seen much of her stuff after Jag. I know she's done some more work on uh, it's either Lifetime or uh, yeah. or the other one. Uh, I say the other one. What is it? Uh, I like to refer to them yeah. as the mom channels because everybody's moms watches them. Hallmark, you know? Hallmark, Hallmark, or Lifetime—one of the two. Uh, right. I think she's got a lot. She does a lot of stuff on there, I believe, and uh, I follow her on Instagram as well. So, uh, it's uh, it was just a and like I said, a, a totally awesome show you guys had out with it, and it spun off another great series that people have taken to heart and are real serious about being uh, NCIS. And I know you guessed it on there, what, three, four times? Yeah, that's, that's exactly three, right. Three, yeah. Uh, I don't remember if it was, um, oh, my gosh. Well, you came in as your character uh, as, as far as, uh, yeah. Same as Bud goes. Same character in there. Um, yeah. But were you a part of the show uh, when NCIS well, – okay, let me ask this. I may be asking this wrong way the other way. Uh, when NCIS spun off of JAG, was it actually on an episode of JAG through one of the seasons that I might have missed because Paramount didn't have everything, or is it? Because, yeah. Or was it a a pilot for NCIS and JAG was a part of it, showing where they spun off of it? Again, it was a backdoor pilot. They did it was two episodes. I think Ice Princess was one of them, and then maybe it was part one or part two. 
where a character on our show was murdered and NCIS comes in to investigate and uh, Commander Rab is the number one suspect. And so they, they pit Gibbs against Rab. And again, the cast that is on NCIS now or, you know, when they started the show was slightly different um, on the on this episode of, of JAG, on the two episodes of JAG. But they did those to show CBS what they could pardon me, what they could expect. And so, yeah, it was called a backdoor pilot. And, and then since then, it's just this huge global hit. And it, and it doesn't die out, it seems like. I'm really surprised, and I'm glad it hasn't died out, but I'm surprised that it hasn't died out because they keep you know getting rid of or losing key characters that people really like on there. But they keep bringing in new people yeah. that fill the role that you like just as much, it seems like, as well. So... Um, everybody yeah. uh, I've been reading online is just screaming for, um, my, is it Michael Weatherly? I think his name is played Denozo. They, yeah, Michael they want him. They since Bull got canceled, they want him to come back on the show in the worst way. Maybe yeah, spin absolutely. Off show. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many NCISs you can spin off. I mean, but they, they're, they're like, well, make another <laughs> one. You know, but with his storyline, though, I don't know how you would make that work basically. But anyway, like I said, they've, they've lost so many good characters that you've grown to love and everything, but when the new ones that come in, you can never pick right back up with them with the left off, and it's great. So, yeah, well, I think they've uh, done a really good job of keeping that longevity going. Exactly. Well, I, I don't want to keep you all day here. I, I, time's gotten away. I didn't realize I've had you for an hour already. I'm sorry to keep you for so long and take your day up like that. No, not a problem, uh, man. I uh, really enjoy it. Well, it's been a blast talking to you and everything. Is there anything you got going on today that you want to put out there for people to look for uh, that you got going on currently? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, uh, uh, I don't know when this is going up. Basically, uh, uh, For All Mankind is a TV show on Apple Plus, if you get that, that I did an episode of, which I think is a really good show, having nothing to do with me. Um, Another TV show on Paramount Plus, all the pluses, uh, is called The Offer, which I was a part of that about the making of The Godfather. And then I have uh, an online acting school called Working Actors, uh, Jesus, WorkingActorsSchool.com. <laughs> Don't ever get old. WorkingActorsSchool.com. I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> and what we do there is I teach acting online, just like what we're watching now on Zoom, where it's it's all about difference between the what it's I, I teach what it's really like to act on a set not just acting in an acting class where it has nothing to do with the real world and you know right. the basic idea is you don't have to live in hollywood to train in hollywood you know we're, we're starting uh we're starting a brand new acting basic class uh next week i have uh voiceover classes that go every month and those are extremely popular uh, because of my voiceover career. You know, again, I can bring that to the fore. I teach youth classes for kids because I was a child actor. And so I've been doing this you know, since COVID and I've really ended up really loving it. It's really been a great fun time to be able to talk to people all across the country and talk about acting and work with actors. And that's at workingactorschool.com. And you can check out the website there, check out the different classes there's an email there if you have any questions, just you know, drop along. But yeah, that's basically what's going on. Uh, anywhere on social media they can follow you on? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on all of them. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook uh, as P Laberto. All right. Well, there my, you go. Everybody, my, make sure my last name. 
make sure you follow him a lot of good stuff out there a lot of great shows i mean and we hope for more great things to come from you man it's been great having you on today and i really appreciate you coming on and spending some time with me talking about uh all the great things you've been through and everything i really enjoyed it thank you so much man same here all right well everybody this is uh patrick Laberto. got it right this time unlike got it earlier perfect. and uh <laughs> you know <laughs> once again thanks for coming on everybody i hope you enjoyed the show check us out on social media uh it's you know retro life for you with pretty much everything but mainly instagram and facebook and a little bit on the tiktok when i get time to do them um but uh it's been great and we look forward to the next episode and we'll see you guys then pat thanks patrick thanks once again thank you all right then that was that was awesome thanks a lot um, my pleasure that was pretty painless uh, i hope so I, I i try to make it as painless as i can when i talk to people i try not to get too uh what's the word uh fanboy or something they say or mark or depending on yeah. what it is you're watching or something but no i mean it's uh these are kind of things that are just fun for everybody and i'm, I'm, I'm glad that in today's day and age we can bring people together and give them something to watch and enjoy and if i can bring that to people that's great so good you, you know, hopefully uh, I'll, I'll get someone as cool as you here soon and uh, we'll go from there. So, but thanks well, a lot, you, man. You, you do, you do, I enjoy your show. I've listened to a couple of them. So uh, have a good one and uh, let me know just before this one's going up and I'll, I, and I'll promote I, it. Yeah, I will definitely let you know. I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you an email. It's either going to be this Tuesday or the following Tuesday. I'm not sure which yet. I may wait for okay. the following Tuesday on it. Uh, to hold off on that so I can have an extra week to put word out for it. But uh, I'll let you know for sure which one it goes on to. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You man. Take care. All right. All right.